You're listening to Just Hit Play with your hosts, Peter and Nick Cabral. If you're tired of your stagnant, streamed music feed, then strap yourselves in for an intergenerational sonic journey through Peter and Nick's favorite songs. Welcome to episode 26, or is it 27? I think I think we're rolling with episode 26 being a, a lost tape, a lost yeah. episode. So last week we had a man down, Nick had his wisdom teeth removed I'm, I'm glad to hear you're feeling better nick yep much better much better so originally i tried to call the episode 25.5 but some uh, podcast players wouldn't take the decimal so i had to call it 26 so technically this is episode 27 all right all right well i like the idea of having a, a lost episode every every good thing has that so right. I'm, I'm okay with that so episode 26 was our lost episode and we are now up to episode 27 nick how are you I'm well, I'm well. As you mentioned, I got my wisdom teeth removed last week, uh, so had a few days of bed rest and not really doing much of anything, but that gave me a lot of time to listen to music, and uh, in particular, the song you gave me for this week, so I'm very excited to talk about that. Me too, and are in our Brisbane studios, our lovely sound engineer, producer, man of wonders is Darren. Darren, how are you? I'm good. Perfect. Uh, Nick, this is a very important day in music history. Is it? 30 years ago today, today, as of we're recording, not when we're publishing, maybe the greatest rock album of all time was released. Okay. Okay. Darren, with it. Darren, just hit play. Octung Baby was released this day in 1991. Wow, momentous, momentous day. Yes, I you remember. Really, you really think that's the best great, the best rock album of all time? One of the greatest rock albums of all time. Yeah, it's up there with okay. OK. It's up there with OK Computer and the Joshua Tree to me. And and quick question, you you put that over Joshua Tree? I do actually. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I'll tell you the reason why. I remember exactly where I was when I when the Fly, which was the first single off um, off Octung Baby got released. I was sitting in the production studio of the Mississauga News. I was a photographer for the Mississauga News in 1991. I was I was 17 years old and I was waiting around all uh I got there early because they were going to play the song at 9 a.m. so I had to make sure again there was no social media, there was no streaming. So I had to get <laughs> I had to get to work by 9 a.m. so I could hear it on the radio. Uh and I got there by 9 a.m. and I heard the song on the radio and it sounded like no other U2 song I'd ever heard before. I was expecting something more Joshua Tree-esque or like from Rattle and Hum. And all of a sudden this grungy, weird out face guitar comes in and it blew me away. And uh, I was like, what are we in for? And we're in for Octung Baby. Wow. That's that's really cool. It's cool that you have that memory of where you were when you heard it. Because memories like that are so important to our enjoyment of music and how we make those neural relationships of music. Yeah, so I remember specifically where I was, and it was a very important day in music history, as they say. Awesome, awesome. Well, shout out you too. Shout out Octon Baby. Octon Baby, 30 years old today. Wow. We have a very heavy episode today, and when I mean as by we heavy, do. heavy and dep- like this is a quite a depressing episode coming up. Yeah. Uh, so let me say off the bat a couple things. 
if you are suffering from mental health issues, please seek help. There are there are many different programs around the world where you can call someone or you can go see someone uh, to explore what you're going through. If you're in a relationship that's abusive, please seek help as well. I know we're in a, we're obviously in a COVID sort of style uh, isolation ish. The world right now, but please seek help if you're going through any of these things. I'll I'll say that at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and the other thing I'll say also, if you have a mullet, cut your hair. <laughs> Public service announcement. Public service announcement. I've walked around Brisbane, and there's so many kids around Brisbane that have mullets. It it baffles my mind why anyone would do this to themselves. They're in now. Mullets are in. They're cool. Trust it, me. They weren't cool in 1982 at the height of the mullet. They're not cool now. All right. All right. Well, that's that's all right. That's all I'm going to say. Are you ready to get into the episode? I think I am. I think I am. And I I really like that little um, message you had at the beginning. That's very important for the the songs we're going to talk about today. Yes, it is. Okay. Our first song is Love Will Tear Us Apart by Joy Division. Darren, just hit play. All right, Nick, before I get into my spiel about the history of the song, what did you think of uh, the song? Yeah, you, you're you on a roll right now. I I loved this song in the same way that I loved Debaser by the Pixies. It's, it's really, really fantastic. It's super, super catchy. Gives me a little bit of 80s new wave vibes, which I were not expecting. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, very, like, I was, I was, like, dancing to it. I was vibing to it. And then I looked at the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for a band called Joy Division, there's nothing joyful about Joy Division. Let me say that off the top. Yeah, I get that impression. Okay. Do you know where they got the name from? The Joy Division no, name? Okay. I don't. Even the name is depressing. There was a there was a book called The House of Dolls, which was released in 1953. Uh, no, I can't even pronounce the author's name, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, Joy Division, and there is some historical truth to this. Joy Division were groups of women in concentration camps during World War II that were there for the sexual pleasure of Nazi soldiers. Okay. All right. Not what I was expecting uh, their name to stem from, gotta no. be honest. So that is the, uh, that's where they got their name from. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is making a lot of, a lot more things clear right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. Um, so Joy Division were an English rock band that uh, formed in Salford. Salford is, is a suburb of Manchester uh, that consi- that uh, was with uh, vocalist Ian Curtis, uh, Bernard Summer, bassist Peter Hook, and the drummer Stephen Morris. They had a very sparse style, and they were really on the um, beginning of the post-punk movement. Even though they formed in 76, they really didn't start hitting their strides till like 79, 80. Now, I... I, I heard a lot about Joy Division over the years and they occupy that same niche that a lot of bands from that time do where I know of them I know of their influence their acclaim but I've never gotten around to checking them out but the one thing I do know that I that I first learned about Joy Division 
is uh, the fate of their lead singer. Yeah, um, which is why I said at the beginning of the episode, if you're going through any mental health issues, please seek help. There's a lot of different numbers you can call. I know here in Brisbane, there's helpline that uh, we can call 24 hours. Or sorry, not in Brisbane, in Australia. Uh, So Ian Curtis uh, hung himself in 1980, uh, May 18th, 1980, at the age of 23. Now, there's a lot of reasons for his suicide. Uh, One, his marriage was falling apart. He had a young daughter and his marriage was falling apart. He had he suffered from depression, obviously, and he had a really bad form of epilepsy. Oh, it, to the point where sometimes he would have a fit during live concerts. Wow, uh, I, I did not know that. Yeah, and they were just about to do their force their first U.S. Canada tour, and it was all too much for him. The thinking is that that it was all too much for him. He couldn't handle the medication the tour coming up and his, um, his seizures basically. Yeah. Which is why they think he hung himself in his kitchen in 19, 1980. Yeah. That is absolutely tragic. Uh, it was so early on into his career. And if this song is anything to go off of, they had a, a very promising career as a band ahead of them. Ian Curtis himself as a singer, as a, as a writer. So yeah, that is, it's very tragic to hear of. Yeah. Um, this song was released the same month after uh, the same month that he died. So this was released after he had died, um, which is even more tragic because this is their biggest hit. Wow. Wow. There's a great movie called 24 hour party people uh, that feature joy division prominently in the video and Ian Curtis, not the video, sorry, in the movie and Ian Curtis in the movie. Uh, so if anyone's interested more in the sex pistols and you want to know uh, kind of a funny dramatic uh, movie about this era 24 hour party people is a fantastic film so oh, check, I, check, i've never check. heard of that so it's it is a great great it's about the manchester scene and the drugs in the 70s and going up to the 80s to the 90s it is absolutely fantastic and it's uh, steve coogan is uh is the main character in the movie who's a, who's a comedic actor it's a very funny and tragic uh kind of film yeah um if you ever want to know what it's like, what it was like being in a rock band in the seventies and eighties in Manchester, uh, check out that movie. It's pretty, it's pretty good. I'm absolutely adding that to my watch list. It sounds yeah. like something I'd really, really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Tony Wilson, who's the main character of the, the film played by Steve Coogan started a, a record company called factory records. And it's about how factory records started and the bands they signed. And, uh, it's pretty good. There's some there's some fantastic scenes with some some amazing bands from that from that era that Factory Records um, had signed. Damn, damn. Do you know any of the the bands off the top of your head? Anything I would know? Um, the Happy Mondays. I don't know if you ever heard of the Happy Mondays. I have actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Happy Mondays feature pretty heavily in the movie, and uh, I'll tell you a Happy Monday story quickly. This is actually a funny story. Well, kind of funny. Uh, so they had a really big first album, The Happy Mondays, and the lead singer of The Happy Mondays was was a guy called Sean Ryder. Sean Ryder had a bit of a smack problem. He um, he had a drug problem, a really bad drug problem, and they decided that they were going to record their second album in Jamaica in the late eighties, <laughs> early nineties. Okay, I can and, see where this is going. And so Factory Records gave them a lot of money to go record this album in Jamaica. They ran, they went through that money pretty quickly and then started to sell the studio equipment that they had in the studio in Jamaica to buy more drugs. 
And once they did that, they had no more money. So they sent the tapes back to factory records in, in Manchester and um, they pressed play and the first song came on and there were no lyrics oh to, any, to any of the music. So what Happy Mondays did was they were holding out for more money to finish the record with the lyrics, but they needed more drug money. So they had to actually, factory records had to, had to give them more money to finish the lyrics, but really to uh, to give them drug money. And that's actually an incredible story. Those guys were, they were really thinking they're using their brains. Yeah. So they, they, they sent a, a record that was really a ransom uh, LP. Um, I, yeah. it's I love crazy. that. It's a great yeah. story. Yeah, it sounds like the Manchester scene at this time was pretty wild, pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it was an interesting time to be in Manchester. Uh, you know, Manchester United, my favorite football club started to dominate English football and, the music scene was all about Manchester at the time. Uh, this is way before Oasis and the Stone Roses. This is like decades, probably a decade before that. Uh, so this is all about the, you know, the Joy Division, Happy Mondays and, and bands of that, like coming up through the Manchester scene. There you go. Very cool. I did not know much about that, but uh, I, I'm yeah. definitely going to check out that movie. So, yeah. Yes, please check out 24 Hour Party People. One of my favorite music movies of all time. Sounds good. And just circling back to this Joy Division song, because yep. I have to talk about the music some more. Yes. The lead singer's voice, Ian Curtis, uh, his voice being so deep is a wonderful juxtaposition with the instrumental here. It is. so yeah. bright, fast-paced, and then his deep, almost monotone, I want to say, it, his voice cuts through that, and it, it just strikes a chord, really. It's so, so catchy. The drumming in particular is fantastic. The outro of the song is just phenomenal. I I really, really, really loved it. Yeah, it's it's one of those songs that really showcased what this band could do. Um, and it had a lot of potential of what they were gonna what they were gonna go down and 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 be able to do. Unfortunately, Ian Curtis, as we said, committed suicide. So they never really got to see what the band could be. Uh but yeah, it was a great glimpse of what uh, what Joy Division w- was was going to be about. And would you say this song is representative of how their other music sounds? Absolutely, it's a very Joy Division song. So yeah, okay. it's it's Got it's, it. it's very um, in in that in that ilk of of what their music was like. Yeah, I I think now I'm going to listen to a lot of Joy Division. <laughs> I'm going to check out their albums and really do a, a deep dive into them. Um, there's only two albums to listen to, so it won't take me too long. But. No. And it they're sort of because he had committed suicide, they're sort of at that weird nexus where are they considered now more important than they would have if he had stayed alive? Uh there was sort of a cult following. A lot of people cite Joy Division as their greatest band of all time. Uh in two thousand two, any any me, which was an English newspaper, named Level Tears Apart as the greatest single ever recorded. So is you know, what is true and what's what's you know deemed as important because he had killed himself so young it's a really weird thing that humans do when when people die isn't it it is it's it's a very very strange thing um actually just today the day we've recorded this uh about a few hours ago uh a rapper young dolph was just shot and killed in memphis um, mm. very very tragic rest in peace to him and condolences to all his family and friends but right as soon as the news broke you look at the uh the charts of streaming service to see what's being most played 
and it's all his songs and you look on social media right. and everyone's talking about the news but also his music and it, it gets such a huge boost in popularity as soon as anything tragic like that happens and it it really is weird as you said it's it's very strange but it's just what humans do it's what society does a, a great example of that is the band queen I, i'm not a queen fan i'm i'm not i like they might have a couple interesting songs but i, I don't like the band queen and before he died queen at least in north america were not nothing spectacular uh, they had sort of had their era in the 70s but once freddie mercury died the popularity of queen skyrocketed and they sold records that you know they weren't selling during his during when he was alive so yeah death is really a great marketing tool yeah it, it turns people into it's it's a larger than life occurrence right yeah dying young unexpectedly it's shocking and that i think really hits people in, in a certain way and also, I, I feel like part of that, the boost in sales or popularity that people get after they pass away, a lot of that also, too, can come from people wanting to pay tribute or remember that person. Uh, sure. So they listen to their music or they watch their movies, they buy their art sort of as a way to, to kind of pay homage or, or tribute. Yeah. No, and, you know, rock and roll's, uh, you know, and hip hop, uh, you know, think about how many dead rock stars there are that that are considered geniuses whether they are or they aren't you know um you know tupac biggie in in the hip-hop scene freddie mercury oh sid vicious like you know there's so many people that are considered just geniuses and you know probably some of them weren't but some of them just died very young in tragic circumstances i have to say the hip-hop fan of me has to say that tupac and biggie certainly were geniuses <laughs> yeah and, and again were. That that's not. I don't disagree with you. It's just that you know, if they were still alive right now, would they be this popular? I don't yeah. know. It's you know? well, it's it's a very interesting thought experiment, right? Because yeah. would they would their careers have sort of petered out, and they would slowly release music that's more and more uninspired, has less impact and influence over time until when you look at the strength of their discography as a whole, it's just really not that impressive aside from early albums. Yeah. Right. You got to think about that too. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird when these artists die young because there's so much untapped potential in both directions. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, if you, like I said, early on in the episode, if you're, if you're having any mental health issues, uh, lifeline or, or things like that for no num phone numbers, you can call is very important. I've used lifeline at a dark point in my life. Uh, so don't be afraid to seek help if you need it. That's all I'm going to yes. say. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I co-signed that message. Cool. Darren, what did you think of Lovell Terrace? Yeah, I liked it. I always liked this one. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Darren. All right, Nicholas, let's get into your depressing song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for this week, I had you listen to Cellophane by FKA Twigs. Um, I actually had you listen to this song a while back when we first started sharing music with each other and uh, before we really had the idea for the podcast. But I, I wanted to, to bring this one back up again so we could discuss it uh, properly. And uh, before Darren gives us a lovely snippet, plays a song, uh, FKA Twigs, she's a British singer-songwriter. She makes some uh, fairly experimental, I'd say, pop music. I adore her music. I adore her. She's really, really fantastic. 
and this song is one of her best. So, Darren, why don't you just hit play? Didn't I do it for you? Why don't I do it for you? Why won't you do it for me? When all I do is for you They wanna see us, wanna see us alone all right so the song is cellophane by fka twigs like i said i love it but i'm really curious to to get your take on it this woman has got some pipes i'll tell you that what she can sing her heart out i you can't really hear her range in this song so much but I've heard other songs that she's that she's that she sings, and she can really belt out a tune. I'll tell you, she is a phenomenal singer. She is absolutely incredible, and this song is actually a pretty big departure from her usual work, her earlier albums and EPs that she put out. It's a pretty stripped back, minimal song, isn't it? It is, and the themes of the song, you know, I, it, early on in a few episodes. That we, when we started the podcast, I said that to me, soul music was when people laid their souls bare. It didn't have to necessarily belong to a genre of music. And this is a soul music song. She she is very um, oh, what's the word? Um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. She's very um, what's the word I'm looking for, Nicholas? Uh, uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, Fragile. She's very fragile during the song and is not afraid to to show her fragility. How's that? Yes, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's it's a very vulnerable song. Vulnerable! Jeez. That's the word I was looking for, Nicholas. <laughs> there you we go. It. Vulnerable. You had, it. you had it. I had it. I had it. Don't worry. I got your back. <laughs> but yeah, no, this song is is extremely vulnerable and it's so, so moving. It's, it's beautiful, to be honest. And it's, it's written about her relationship i'm not sure if you knew this or looked into it but it's written about her relationship with the actor shia labeouf yes i did know uh, that yeah. so the song released in 2019 and about a year ago uh, fka twigs very bravely opened up about how abusive and harmful uh, this relationship actually was and the cruel things that, that shia labeouf was doing to her the ways he was abusing her emotionally and physically and after that came out, it, it really gives the song a completely different meaning. It, yeah, it, it really speaks volumes to her bravery and how vulnerable she is opening up about this through music. And you can hear it in her voice. Yeah, which is why I said at the beginning of the episode, if you're going through any relationship problems, it's really important that you you know seek out your friends or, or professional help because yeah, that's what she's talking about, like why... Why isn't she good enough for this person? Why why is this person doing this to her when obviously she loves this person, but you know she doesn't understand the lengths that this person will go to hurt her? Basically, yeah, it's it's again really tragic, really really tragic, and <laughs> it's funny that that we we chose uh, such such heavy songs to coincide with each other. Uh, and I apologize to any viewers who are feeling a little bummed out, or sorry, listeners mm-hmm. that are feeling a little bummed out, but. In addition to how tragic this song is, it's also a fantastic piece of music. It's, it's beautiful. Composed it's composed so, it's a, so well. It's such a beautiful song. 
And what makes it special for me is the progression and buildup throughout the song. Like it starts with a slow piano. Her vocals are a little subdued, but over the runtime, it, it builds up gradually. And then the dr- once the drums kick in, she just releases this cathartic burst of, of emotion through her vocals. And it's fantastic. Now, FKA Twigs, which is a weird name to begin with. Uh, how did you come across her, her music? How long have you been a, a fan of hers? Um, I've, I've been a fan of hers since uh, about grade 10, grade 11, I'd say. Okay. Um, my, my, one of my good friends, Xander, who we, we share music all the time, and we've been to a lot of concerts together. He actually put me onto her. He said, look, I, I found this artist. I think you'd really like her. And I did. <laughs> I, I've been a fan ever since. Um, very, very big fan. And I, I love her work. And I actually saw her on uh, the tour for the album that the song was from. Uh, it was the last concert I saw before the pandemic started. Fun fact. Where was the show? It was at Rebel in Toronto. It's uh, it's like a half nightclub, half concert venue. Right. When they're not booked for shows, it's it's probably the most popular nightclub in the city, actually. Is and, it, was yeah, it known it was so by good. is Rebel known by any other name? I'm just wondering if I ever, if I ever saw a show there. It was Sound Academy. Oh yeah, uh, okay. First, yeah. yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. So I saw her there, and she is incredible live. She had well, if you saw the video for this song, you know she's a pretty highly skilled dancer, mm-hmm. and the choreography was amazing at the show. The costumes, the theatrics, the backup dancers, everything was so spectacular. Right. I actually went with uh, my my friend Xander, who introduced me to her, and yeah, amazing concert. And the only downside of that show, though, was I, I was on the floor, uh, the general admission floor, and there was this guy right right in front of us. And he was dancing probably the most obnoxiously I've ever seen someone dance at a concert. <laughs> it was terrible, like throwing himself into people, throwing his hands in everyone's face, like just, just being so annoying. It, it sucked. Yeah. The show was good. The show was good. That does ruin shows, doesn't it? When there's when there's assholes in the audience, yeah. Yeah, it was like, man, it's the the songs are not that energetic for you to be dancing like that, <laughs> you know, yeah. not the right atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. I, the, you know, I've been to numerous shows, and yeah, some shows are fantastic. Some some shows just have assholes, and you know, around you, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way it goes, right? It's just the way it goes. Some people are like that, yeah. but at the end of the day, the concert itself was amazing. So Good. yeah, really, really thankful for that. And actually yeah. speaking of concerts, our last episode, we had that, I, I showed you that beach house song. Yes. And uh, I actually just bought a ticket yesterday to go see them live. They oh. just announced a tour. Yeah. Where are they playing? Uh, Massey hall. Oh, I've, you know, I've never seen a show at Massey hall and that's depressing because it's such a nice venue. Neither have I. I've never seen a show there. Yeah. But I got a ticket to go with one of my friends. We're uh, in the general admission floor where, where I love to be. So I can't wait. It's next next July. Next, Yeah, it's funny how uh, shows are being released now for for next year. Um, the Killers just, just announced that they're coming to Brisbane next November. Uh, tickets went on sale a few a few days ago. So, oh, are you are you going to go? Um, uh, make up for your mistake missing them on the hot yeah. fuzz. Yeah, I don't know if that was a mistake. I still I still agree that I shouldn't. They shouldn't have played uh, in a hockey arena after one album. Uh, 
I'm, sti- I'm, sti- I'm sticking to my guns on that one, Nick. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'll talk to Angie, see if she wants to go uh, to see them. I do like the I've never, though. I've never seen The Killer's Live personally, but yeah. everyone I know who has, has only said phenomenal things about, about their live show. Apparently they're really, really tight live. Yeah, I, they're probably really energetic for Mormons, so... We'll we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I think they're Mormons. I might I might have made that up. Um, uh, no, they are. Uh, at okay. least Brendan Flowers is Brendan okay. Flowers is. Mormon. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe they're they're overly energetic for Mormons. Could be. Yeah. Could yeah. Be. <laughs> but yeah, I all in all, I'm I'm really really happy you like the song and that it yeah. resonated with you in such a way because it it's one of those ones for me where anytime I throw it on, it's. I just kind of sit there and close my eyes and really lose myself and yeah, you have to sort of voice. S- you sort of have to stop, don't you? Like you can't continue doing what you're what you're doing. You sort of have to just just stay for a moment. You do. You do. It forces you to be present and grounded in the moment, yeah. which is a quality I really appreciate in music. To be honest with you. Yeah. No, I I never thought about it that way. Yeah, because I think usually I listen to music when I'm walking or if I'm driving my car or you know editing photographs. But every time I listen to the song, I just sort of just just be still and and listen to the song. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's I it's very important to be mindful. Mindfulness is a really, really important thing and being grounded, present, aware of where you are, what's going on around you, but being still it's, it's something that's really important, beneficial for mental health and just everything like that. And this song is really, really good for that. And there's a lot of music that have that has that quality. Right. And it's underappreciated to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's God, it's such a good song. It really is. Yes, it, it absolutely is. Should we ask Darren what he thought? Let's do it. Darren, what would you think? Yeah. Yeah, I like this one. And the video clip was interesting and had good special effects and CGI. So I liked it. Yeah, the video is really, really yeah. well done, actually. If, yeah, the video is it's pretty amazing. And, and is curious, you should you should definitely check out the video. It's it, it's shot beautifully as well. Like you said, the special effects and CGI, but also just the shots they get are very, very good. It's it's an amazingly beautiful video. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Now please, yeah, check it out. It's a check out the video on YouTube. It's a, I'll put a, I'll put the it'll be in the in the Facebook page for the old people who are listening. Uh, so if you want to see the video, I'll post it on the Facebook page. All right, let's get into some music history. This week in music history. All right, this week in music history. In 1973, the number one song was Keep On Truckin' Part One by Eddie Kendricks. Darren, just hit play. I've never heard that song before. It's okay. Yeah, it's uh, all right. It's Keep on Trucking Part 1. I don't know what Part 2 is, but yeah, it's all right. And the number one song in the year 2000 is Independent Woman, also Part 1. I don't know what that means either, by Destiny's Child. Darren, just hit play. Lucy Liu, with my girl Drew, Cameron D and Destiny. Yeah, that song I don't like. Um, and it was number one for like 11 weeks in a row uh, in the year 2000. So that's crazy to me. Yeah, well, Beyonce, she's got that star power. That was for the Charlie's Angels soundtrack with Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu. So they reference all three actors at the beginning of that song. So oh, okay. it's, uh, yeah, it was a soundtrack um, song. Uh, not a big fan, but that's okay. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know who won this week because I don't know that Keep On Trucking very well. Uh, yeah. But I, I definitely don't like the Destiny Child song. So I think it's a toss-up for me. I don't really have a strong opinion on either song. Yeah. I'm being real. I don't. <laughs> neither, neither do I. All right. Before we get into our independent artists, what are we uh, going to listen to next week from you, Nick? All right. So for next week's episode, I'm going to ask you to listen to Holocene by Bonnie Vare. Okay. So it's not Bon Iver. Uh, it, I, it sounds pretentious when you say it like I do. <laughs> bon Iver. It really, really does. I, but I, I, I think it's supposed to be said that way. I think it is supposed to be said as Bon Iver as well. I'm just, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> All right. And the song you're going to listen to now I'm going to change it up a little bit because of the depressing songs that we heard this week. You're going to listen to Mr. Would You Please Help My Pony by Ween. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you for switching it up because I'm hitting us with a, another, another down-tempo slow song. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's it's going to be another one of those. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, Mr. Would You Please Help My Pony is a very interesting song. And I'm very curious to see what you think of uh, that particular Ween song. All right. All right. Well, I'll let you know in a week's time. Okay. Our our independent artist this week is Lisa Crawley, and she does a cover of Strangers in the Night by the famous Frank Sinatra. Now, I picked this song for a couple of reasons. A, Lisa Crawley has got an amazing voice, and I actually really love this song. She has a new single out, but I asked if I could play this song for a specific reason. Starting next week, in the last episode of In Every Month, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a, a, a segment called Who Played It Better, where we're going to play an original and then we're going to play a cover, and then we're going to let our audience decide who they think was better. Was the original better, or was the cover better? So that'll start next week. And so that's why we're going to play Strangers in the Night from Lisa Crawley, who's from Auckland, New Zealand, but is now based in LA. She's a singer-songwriter, pianist, and composer, and her new EP is out now. It's called Looking for Love in a Major. Nick, love talking to you. I'm glad you're feeling well. Uh, I also want to talk to you next week about your boy who killed a bunch of people in concert. So we're going to talk about that next week as well. Disavow. I disavow. But yes, I, we can talk about that next week. I didn't want to bring it up this episode because it was heavy enough. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Darren, just hit play.
You've been listening to Just Hit Play. To contact your hosts, Peter and Nick, or to be featured on an episode as musical talent, email justhitplay7300 at gmail.com. Keep up to date with news and announcements by following on Instagram and Facebook, linked in the show notes. Subscribe on your favourite podcatcher to tune in next week for more Sonic Delights. And if you can't wait till then, check out the Just Hit playlist on Spotify, linked in the show notes. A special thanks to Braden Munch for the theme song, and thank you for listening.